0: All right, here we are. It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football, and yes, we are now approaching the two-week mark prior to the April 28th first round of the 2022 National Football League draft, and here it is. Man, this thing is getting beat up. It is getting beat up. It is the big green NFL draft scouting notebook where we're looking for Uh five-star players. And the topic this time is most intriguing five star players in the big green notebook. Young Cody Winstead in Philadelphia. The Eagles are moving up and down the first round, and who knows when they're going to wind up picking in this draft. But Howie Roseman is doing a great
1: job of working this thing, I think. I'm with you. See, I told you right now, I think the Eagles are the front runners in the NFC East. And brilliant move by Howie to trade with the Saints, getting an extra second round and an extra third round. And now they have enough ammunition where if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy this year, they can go get a quarterback next year. It pains me to say this, but the Eagles are doing a nice job. People here in Dallas
0: have wondered why I call this the big green notebook. Why isn't it the big blue notebook? Okay, well, as it turns out, Howie Roseman has paid a lot of money to get inside the Big Green Notebook, and that's why it's called the Big Green Notebook, and that's why he's made so many shrewd moves on draft day. Just a little secret between us,
1: okay? Interesting. Don't tell any other Cowboy fans that. All right, I did not. By the way, Howie Roseman, actually a a fan favorite here in Philadelphia. It's amazing. Sometimes he's a (laughs) fan favorite when they win the Super Bowl. Then he's the worst guy in the city, and then he's a fan favorite again once he – makes him a good move so yeah everyone loves him right now in Philadelphia
0: actually the reason it's the big green notebook is back in about 2008 I was you happened to be using a green notebook to uh come up with my uh to study for the draft and I thought and about that time is when we got a big green egg on the for our patio And so that's when I decided, you know what, maybe I can get a sponsorship here. The Big Green Egg NFL Draft Scotty Notebook. But so far, 14 years later, still no Big Green Egg sponsorship. But
1: The Big Green Notebook is way more uh, notable and valuable (laughs) than the Big Green Egg. That's
0: that's right, exactly.
1: All right, so let's get into
0: intriguing prospects. And and I've said most intriguing. Now, we haven't done all the research yet on all these prospects, so I I hesitate to say these are my most intriguing prospects. We'll just call them intriguing prospects. How's that?
1: Yeah, that's fine by me. We actually, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done position by position. We've only got the secondary to go, Bill Jones, so I know you've been studying a lot of the guys. We can't say everybody, but we've been studying most of the guys to this point. And um, yeah, I'm interested to hear your fascinating players because you had a great tease at the end of the last jonesing for football. I can't wait to hear what you got here.
0: Okay, so I'll go ahead and start with the guy that I teased at the end of the last uh, podcast, which was on the front seven on defense, by the way. All right, number he wears number 17 for your Georgia Bulldogs. He plays linebacker. His name is Nakobe Dean, a first-team All-American. He uh, started 15 games in a uh, terrific season for the Georgia Bulldogs, led the team in tackles with 72 at six sacks, 10.5 tackles for loss. He was the captain of that defense, 31 quarterback hurries, six pass breakups. He had two interceptions, including a pick-six for a touchdown, and Kobe Dean is my most intriguing player in this draft, not because of all those stats, but because of everything else he brings to the table. And let me tell you, when you look at the film of the Kobe Dean, this is a guy that flashes of all those players on that Georgia defense. He might be right there at the top. And when I'm looking at him, all right, you don't take an inside linebacker with a first pick in the draft. You may not even take him with the 24th pick in the draft, although I would think the Dallas Cowboys would be very pleased to take him and pair him with Micah Parsons on that defense. It's the other stuff, though. All right, he won the Butkus Award. He won the Butkus Award in 2021. He also won the Butkus Award in 2018, coming out of high school, Horn Lake, Mississippi. He won the high school. Butkus Award, Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year, Mr. Football of Mississippi. He was the number one inside linebacker recruit in the nation, number 14 overall, playing for a 15 0 6A state champion. He was on the National Football Foundation Team of Distinction, which honors scholar athletes coming out of high school. He was a Lot Impact Award finalist in college. And of course, that also says a lot about his character and uh, things that he does in the community as well. Captain of the AFCA Good Works team for his uh, community service. He has passion. He's got energy. He's got effort. He's got. He's a three-down linebacker in this league. He will make an incredible impact on any team that he is on uh, compared to Jesse Tuggle, as a matter of fact. Now, uh, a knock against him would be a size, 5'11", 229 pounds, I don't have a problem with it in this day and age of the National Football League. Jesse Tuggle, 5'11", 230 pounds, was a five-time pro bowler in a 14-year career in the NFL. If he turns out to be Jesse Tuggle, that is just perfect by my estimations. Jesse Tuggle, by the way, number four all-time in total tackles in the NFL with over 1,800 in his career. I give you Nakobe Dean one of my most intriguing prospects in this
1: draft. I like him a lot. When I watched Georgia, he was making all the plays. They've got about 10 or 11 defensive prospects in this draft, but it seemed like Nakobe Dean was making all the big plays when I watched Georgia. I actually saw a show on NFL Network yesterday, and they were kind of uh, questioning or wondering why dean might actually slip he might slip to round two bill jones what are your thoughts on that
0: well sean lee slipped to round two of course he had an injury coming out of college and had an injury played career cowboys got him at number 55 overall i think it goes back to the lack of value that teams place on inside linebackers in this league that they don't want to it's almost it's it's a lot like taking an interior offensive lineman they you know, even there was criticism about Zach. The Cowboys taking Zach Martin uh, middle of the first round when he came out in in twenty fourteen. He and and the Kobe Dean is not Micah Parsons in terms of uh, his experience. You know, Parsons had experience even coming out of high school rushing the passer. Yeah, and so that's where Parsons. Uh, you could take him as a top ten pick. He was just outside the top ten, as it turned out. Uh, and if, if we redrafted Michael Parsons would be a top five pick last year because of his impact, uh, what he did at his rookie year with the Cowboys. Uh, and so I think that's, that's probably what they're looking at. The other thing is he has not tested. Uh, he had, he did not test at the combine. He was going to test at this pro day and he had a pec strain according to Kirby smart. And so he didn't test. And he may, I think he's scheduled to have a testing day uh, here before the draft, but I'm not concerned at all about whatever he tests. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. You can see it on film, his quickness, his instincts. I mean, rushing the, the quarterback, I mean, the, the the ability to be able to time his blitz from the linebacker, I mean, is impeccable. Uh, he's got instincts. I didn't one thing I did not mention when I, I was touting him. Mechanical engineering major at Georgia, too. Uh, like that. Yeah. So I've got no doubt in my mind about Nicobe Dean. Uh, and, you know, unless he, yeah, yeah, oh, heaven forbid, he gets hurt or something, uh, he's going to have a, a decade long career in the NFL and play at a very high level.
1: Yeah. He's going to be a good player. Kind of reminded me, reminds me of uh, Roquan Smith from a few years ago, just everywhere on the field, uh, lightning quick. Um, And Roquan Swift turned into a nice player uh, with the Bears. And he was
0: a high draft pick.
1: Exactly, exactly. All right, Uh, I think Bill Jones, the most intriguing prospect in the draft, is easily Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. Why, you ask? Well, first and foremost, he could go as high as number three to the Texans or as low as number 20 to the Steelers. So that large window alone makes him compelling. Uh, A lot of people feel like Willis is a boom or bust kind of player. He has elite athletic ability and a monster arm. Could be the next Josh Allen. He has that kind of talent. There's a reason he started his career at Auburn. Can make any throw on the field with ease. He's also quick and elusive. He'll be a problem for defenders to tackle. I went through the list of quarterbacks in the NFL, and Willis is going to be one of the five or six most athletic in the league. So his ceiling is crazy high. But there is also some potential to bust. When you look at his game log, sure there were a handful when he had four touchdowns or five touchdowns, but there were also some games when he really struggled. Ole Miss, Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, last year against NC State, two or three interceptions in each of those games. And the best team he beat was a five and six Virginia Tech team in his two years at Liberty. So that probably gives some teams some hesitation. Then you also have to factor in how much of that is on him, how much of that is on his team or the lack of talent there at Liberty. The other thing why I think he's most intriguing, Bill Jones, we know there are three or four teams that need a quarterback. Panthers, Seahawks, Falcons, maybe the Texans. But there are also a lot of teams that might snag a QB and shock us all in round one. Steelers, Commanders, Eagles, Giants, Lions, Saints. So that's at least 10 teams in the quarterback market. In my eyes, Willis is going to be the number one quarterback taken in this draft. And I have a feeling that wherever Malik Willis is drafted will be the biggest storyline in round one of the NFL draft. That's why I think he is the most intriguing prospect in this draft.
0: It's very interesting. Uh, So it's not so much Intriguing in terms of his talent, but intriguing as to uh, what teams think about him and the fact that the quarterback position is one that is so important and he happens to play that position and will teams take that chance to take him as high without uh, the track record that you would see out of, say, a Trevor Lawrence last year with Clemson?
1: Well, I think it's a combination. So intriguing because he could go to a ton of different teams. He could go at, like I said, as high as three. He could go as low as 20. But then he also has the intriguing aspect of he might be a top five quarterback in the league. Or he might be a bottom five quarterback in the league. So the the range on everything <laughs> is so big, and that's why no one you know no one really knows what to uh, what to expect, and there will be so many varying opinions on him. That's why he is intriguing.
0: You know, it's interesting. I was trying to think
1: of uh, you know there are quarterbacks who are
0: uh, maybe not as highly touted who make it in this league. You know, Russell Wilson being a third-round draft pick and you know, immediately makes it had those. But when you go back and look at him, you wonder, well, why wasn't he more? Uh, even like Patrick Mahomes going 11th overall. Uh, and anyone who watched Patrick Mahomes and saw the talent that he had, obvious the obvious talent that he had coming out of high school and at Texas Tech, you would think, well, why weren't everybody as smart as what the Chiefs were to take him? Uh, and a trade up to take him. Will that be the same case with Malik Willis? Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see how that, how it all plays out because there are countless other cases where teams do take them high and then they bust. And so that's what makes the whole thing such an inexact science and, uh, and makes it uh, so intriguing. And And there's a, there are, I mean, how many people have Willis as their number one quarterback in this draft? There, there's the debate, even though there's not, quote, unquote, the top 10 guys. Now, they may wind up going because of the need for, to, for a quarterback going in the top 10. There's still the jury is out on which of these top four quarterbacks is even going to be the best coming out of this draft.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably half the league says Willis. And then the other half says, has one of the other guys Pickett, or. Uh, Ritter or uh, Corral? All right. I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the football. And
0: if we're going to stay on the defensive side of the football, we just stay at the University of Georgia. Okay. For another intriguing prospect. Defensive tackle, I got two. <laughs> and I, I can't decide which one's going to be the better player. Jordan Davis, 6'6", 341 pounds, ran a 4.78 with a 32 vertical and a 10.3 broad jump. Team captain, okay, number 99 for Georgia. And then his mate, and I'm not even talking about Trayvon Walker because he's going to be the second pick in the draft. I'm talking about – and Trayvon played some as a nose. (laughs) He played all along the defensive line. But I'm just as intrigued by Devontae Wyatt, the other defensive tackle, number 95. Who at 6'3, three, 304 pounds ran a 4.77 with a 166 10 yard split and was first team SEC. Started 14 games at 27 quarterback hurries. I can't decide which which of the Georgia, uh, let's just break it down Wyatt or Jordan Davis is going to have the better NFL career. Now, Jordan Davis is more of a one technique at 6'6, 341 pounds, but he's got the athleticism to get to the quarterback. Uh, as well I don't I don't think it's going to happen though at the NFL level and, and this also goes to how things have changed in the NFL draft you know Gerald McCoy back in 2009 2010 whatever year he came out he was a top four pick in the draft and I think he went three overall and Dominicang Su the same draft you know is right up there the value of interior defensive linemen are not as great now when it comes to the draft as what it once was, because you just don't put the, up the same kind of, uh, numbers. You can't get to the quarterback, uh, but you can stop the run. it's such a pass happy league that you have to have the edge guys that can get to the quarterback. And so there's more value on those. These guys might be better players, but they, they aren't going to put up the same kind of stats in their career. Uh, and in my opinion, they could be just as valuable to a team, but, Devonte Wyatt, I kind of liken him to. Even though he's taller than Grady Jarrett, he has the same. He, he plays a lot like him. He is very quick off, uh, quick first step off the snap, and uh, I look at him. I think uh, DJ had him as uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him as in his top thirty prospects, number twenty nine, number two defensive tackle, while uh, Jordan Davis was his number one defensive tackle, seventeen overall. And uh, and so I, I think he kind of feels the same way that it's hard to differentiate between the two. But I mean, it just goes to show what an amazing defense the Georgia Bulldogs have. The talent on that defense, you can understand why there are so many NFL coaches and scouts that were at their pro day.
1: Yeah, that, it's it's easy to see why they won the national championship and beat Alabama, which not many teams. Uh, can do these days. I'm old school, Bill Jones. Um, The edge rushers are great and getting to the quarterback is great. But I'll bet you, if you talk to Kirby Smart, out of all the prospects on that defense, the two most important pieces are the guys that clog up the middle, stop the run game and prevent quarterbacks from being able to step up. And that's Jordan Davis and Devontae Wise. And I would, I would say if you talk to Jimmy Johnson, he would say the exact
0: same thing because that's how he built those Dallas defenses that won three Super Bowls. You know, as much as you talk about Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin then the Cowboys broke through and won the Super Bowl that first year. They had the number one defense in the league and they had a rotation of defensive linemen that they had throughout that five year span uh, that uh, set that defense apart. It was Somewhat of a no-name type defense. People talk about the acquisition of Charles Haley as an edge guy, but it was those guys in the middle. And they, and, and by the way, to that point, Jimmy Johnson traded up to take Russell Maryland with a number one overall draft pick, even though he probably wasn't the best player in that draft. That's how much Jimmy Johnson valued those interior defensive linemen. And and I I agree with you. I don't think things have changed in the league. I think it's still get those guys up front on your defensive line, and it affects the, the back end of your defense greatly.
1: Yeah, by all means. If if teams can't run the ball, then that's when the edge rushers actually have success. If they can pound the run against you, guess what? The edge rushers, they can't do anything. They're ineffective, basically, because they have to play the run more, and they they obviously the other po- opposing teams aren't passing as much. Um, And so it's kind of a trickle down effect from there. Let me give you my uh, next player, Bill Jones. Kayvon Thibodeau, rush end Mm -hmm. from Oregon. Bill Jones, one of my favorite articles to read every year, drops the day after the NFL draft. And that's when a bunch of people release their way too early mock draft for the next season. And The name that has been on top of mock drafts since the previous draft has been Kayvon Thibodeau. So I've just kind of been envisioning him going either number one, number two, number three. Uh, But now that we're just a couple weeks out, his name seems to be slipping a little bit. I actually saw Peter King's mock draft had him falling all the way to the Jets at number 10. So why is this happening, Dr. Jones? I don't think he's quite as much of an outlier as people originally thought. 6'4", 254, he's fast. He ran a 4.58 at the combine, but there are other defensive ends with the same speed, if not faster. That's Walker, Mafe, Jones. His 9'11 broad jump from his pro day ranks in the bottom half of defensive ends. So Kayvon Thibodeau, bottom half of defensive ends in the broad jump and his short shuttle was a four, three, eight, which is middle of the pack for defensive ends. So you start comparing Thibodeau's measurements to all these other defensive ends. And then you do that with this production. And all of a sudden his numbers aren't that great. And he's not really leaping out amongst all these other defensive ends. Hence why these uh, other guys are starting to jump him. To me, it seems like he raised the bar so high as a freshman, he had nine sacks in 2019, but the last two years he was never really able to exceed that, and everything's kind of come back a little bit, kind of regression to the mean, I guess. He's only had 10 sacks the last two years, and um, there's also a question about his full potential. Is he going to reach full potential because of his passion for football? And that's always an important question for GMs.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is you see interviews with him uh, and I can see that there are probably and it's not not he interviews very well. But you wonder just listening to him talk uh, and I would bet that there are coaches who are wondering this. How much does he love football? Uh, And sometimes and sometimes that can be unfair when players have other interests beyond football, like he wants to be a sportscaster, uh, and he talks very well, whatever. And so what teams have to really drill down on on a guy like Thibodeau is how much does he love the game and how much work is he going to put into it? Uh, Because that could be reflective of some of those numbers. If he doesn't test, if you think he's got that athleticism and he doesn't test as well, you wonder, did, did he put in the work to try to test as well, you know, and, um, uh, which is still, it's unfair, but that, I'm just saying that goes through the minds of, of some of these, uh, crusty old coaches in this league. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, interesting because some of the things that in the big green notebook that I think are, are positives on a player, there are coaches in this league who say that's not a positive. If, if a guy wants to be a doctor someday. Okay. All right, how, how serious is he about football if he wants to go to med school? You know, well, how is he gonna put off med school till he's 32 years old? Or, you know, is he only gonna play four or five years and then go to med school? Yeah, that's just an example. So that I think that could be a reason why he is is slipping since the combine and since the interview process has started on these guys, that you know, they, they may just question his passion for football.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Jadavion Clowney. Exploded onto the college football world. Looked like such a dominant player early on. And then we got a little bit larger sample size. Again, his numbers came back to earth just a little bit. People started poking holes in his game, poking holes in his personality. But Jadavion Clowney still went number one overall because he was that big and strong and kind of, like I said, an outlier. Uh, Let me say this. I like Kayvon Thibodeau as a person, and this is real, like, I'm, I'm with you that teams seem to be souring just a little bit, but he, I think he's a good guy. He started his own foundation while in college, the Dream Foundation, with the goal to educate, mentor, empower, and instill confidence and wisdom into underprivileged youth. He's from South Central LA, so giving back to his community is important. He also launched his own cryptocurrency, Bill Jones. How about that? And 20% of the cryptocurrency uh, goes right back into his foundation. So like you mentioned, he has some other things in his life, but they're not bad things, right? These are actually good things. Um, And so does his stock fall for that? Is that fair? Overall, I think whoever gets him is going to get a a really good player. Uh, I think he's a good guy. I'm really intrigued by where Kayvon Thibodeau goes in this track.
0: So uh, we mentioned last podcast, there's a possibility that Aiden Hutchinson could go number one overall to
1: Jacksonville, Trayvon
0: Walker, number two to Detroit. Do you think Kayvon Thibodeau goes number three to Houston?
1: Uh, Right now I'm going to say no. I think he's souring that much on people. And again, everyone's kind of comparing the ends. And there are guys that are bigger, stronger, faster, uh, or had better production right now. My guess is he's probably towards the bottom does path.
0: is he is he is he the next edge
1: rusher to go
0: or does Jermaine Johnson the second go before
1: him? That's a good question. Right now I would say it's probably 50-50 on which guy goes first. George Karloftis. Boye, maffe
0: I'm looking at other edges that uh, are projected first rounders.
1: It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I, I saw an NFL Network story with him, and I'll wrap it with this. This is an illustration of why I like Thibodeau. He said on draft night, the thing he's most excited for is to see his mom's reaction and his grandmother's reaction when he gets drafted. Like, I think his heart's in the right place. And it's probably a little unfair that he's uh, falling down boards.
0: Yep. And,
1: and who knows? Maybe he's not falling
0: down any boards, too. True. Um, <laughs> True. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that we all have to be mindful of is all of these teams may want to draft him, and then they throw out stuff that, oh, I'm not sure about that guy, whatever, because they want him to be available when they pick at number seven or whatever
1: whenever it is in the draft.
0: He might go number one. Who knows?
1: It's <laughs> <That's> like <laughs> right. a way too early mock draft from a year before.
0: Uh, all right. Very interesting.
1: That was a, I would say that was a very
0: intriguing edition of Jonesing for Football, looking at some of the most intriguing prospects in this draft.
1: Yes, sir. And next time, Bill Jones, we're going to get into the secondary, some cornerbacks, some safeties. We're going to wrap up our position by position breakdown. Uh, Looking forward to that. All right. Look forward to putting
0: some sauce on this NFL draft prospectus. All right. We'll see you next time here on Jonesing for Football.